What is up, everybody? And welcome back to the Triple H Podcast. Happy Hour Hoops. And today we are previewing the Central Division in the NBA. Steve, Jake, and myself, we'll be talking ball all day here. How are we doing, guys? We're doing, man. We're doing. We are... But this is going to be halfway, right? This will be third division days. Woo, woo. Thirty-five days. You're right. Kevin Durant days down after away. Today. Future NBA yep. champion Kevin Durant. What? What? <laughs> no. No. We'll Sorry, see. Spicy. Uh, that's that's going to be a fun division to preview once we get yeah. there as well. Uh, but today, like I said, we have the Central Division. We got the Bucks. We got the Cavs. We got the Bulls. We got the Pacers and the Pistons. Probably not as drama-filled uh, of a division as we had last week. Um, maybe a little more easier just to to break down and process when just looking at these rosters from the outside in. And we will get to that division in just a sec. But before we start... The only real news that has happened since last time was the Philadelphia 76ers signed Kelly Oubre to the squad, which two things was not surprised. Well, I was surprised that Kelly Oubre was still out there. I was not surprised that he got signed because I knew it was going to happen eventually. He was probably the best uh, skill-wise free agent available as far as someone that can make an impact on a roster immediately. So Kelly Oubre goes to the Sixers. Important for their depth, I think, especially if there's still question marks on Harden. They need scoring and some wing play from somewhere. So, I mean, what you guys have anything on Uber to the Sixers? I thought it made a ton of sense. I actually thought it was a pretty good move for them, but not not much of a needle mover. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good move. He's actually very good when you need to step up for uh, Charlotte. Um, and he's a, he's a guy who I think – if they, you know, something happens with James Harden and they were to trade him, he's a guy who could step up and give him starter minutes and play, you know, pretty sizable role for this team. I actually like Ubre a lot. I, I think he's a very underrated player. I think he got overhyped, obviously, because he was, you know, the the meme of the females love Kelly Ubre. Everyone loves Kelly Ubre. And uh yeah, and it's like it took away from him as a basketball player. He's actually a pretty good basketball player. Um, really kind of stepped up when he went to Charlotte of what he can do. And uh, I, I actually, I like the move. I hate Philly. I, I like the move. I actually think he's going to help him out a decent amount. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to put it. I, I mean, they needed some depth. They needed some scoring punch. Ubre can definitely do that. I think the biggest thing, like you said, with Ubre is the hype, the hype around him, at least going into the, the Warriors situation just the last couple of years. Like, he's not the player. He's He's been a little overrated as a player, but that doesn't make him a bad player. He's still effective, and he's definitely going to help that team. They needed some. They needed some punch, and like you said, if Harden goes, they need some. They need to help Tyrese Maxey out a little bit. So Ubre, it's a good move for him too to kind of help his career. I think. Yeah, no doubt. Um, good landing spot. It was a guy at one at one point in the Celtics offseason. I was, you know, was raising my eyebrows at. I wouldn't have minded. I think it was before the O'Shea Brissett signing and a few of the other guys came to the squad. So definitely still has some left in the tank. Makes total sense to me. I don't know why Kelly Oubre just seems like it will feel right in a Philly jersey. And uh, I'm sure Philly is is going to be welcoming Oubre and Patrick Beverly, a couple newcomers, guys who have an edge to them. Honestly, those two guys probably make a big difference for the squad. But time will tell that. The other piece of news – 
because we haven't talked about him in a couple of weeks um, and everyone inside the basketball world would like us to talk about him continuously because that's what everyone else is doing. Dame Lillard. A couple of days ago, we got, we got word that the trade talks were over. Portland was done talking trades with Dame. We had a few more rumors come about, come out about the heat. And then today, who we think was the mystery team that was talked about this whole time, the mystery Eastern Conference team. Jake told us before we hopped on, he was worried that it was always his Cavs and they were going to do something stupid for Lillard. It was not. Apparently, it's the Toronto Raptors, and apparently the Toronto Raptors are still in the discussion, still trying to acquire Damian Lillard. I mean, the way I see it, it's pretty simple. If they pull it off what they gave up is probably too much to the point where they're actually a contender. I'm sure there's a way where they could be better by trading for Damian Lillard. I don't think there's any way they trade for Damian Lillard and then in all in the same move are also all of a sudden a contender. Um, I'm sure we share similar sentiments, but where are you guys at? I mean, Raptors obviously not afraid to make a big splash like this. That's probably why they were the mystery team all along. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty cool they were moving in silence there, but obviously no deal done. Do we really think Dame's going to Toronto? I don't. I just don't think Toronto's in a win-now buy type of mode. I, you look at the makeup of this team, and I just don't really see that, right? You have some expiring contracts. You have an older, I guess, core besides Scotty Barnes, obviously, who's so young guy there. And if you're thinking a Damian Lillard deal, is Scott Scotty's probably the only untouchable piece, but if you're if you're trading for Damian Lund, you have you want to be in a win now. Who are you giving back, right? Who, who are you giving back to Portland that besides probably a, a bunch of picks? But in my mind, I'm uh I don't know. I I, I just don't I I don't I wouldn't like the fit. I don't think it would work. I think the Blazers would win regardless, like you said, Donnie, just because of the spot Toronto puts it in. Because even at, like even if we keep Toronto's team together, right? Let's say somehow they get this deal done without having to give up Pascal or Scotty. Let's just let's just say those two are locked in with Dame Willard, and that's like their big three. Anobi, maybe he goes back prone, does doesn't matter. Let's just just say those three are there. I still don't think it's a championship team. And if you're if you're trading for Dame at his age, at this point in time, you're trading to win a championship, right? That's that's the whole point when you make a splash like this. And I, I just don't I think Toronto's window has shut. So I think you got to go the other direction. Don't try to just buy a star and and you know finish fifth in the East. Try to try to rebuild around a really good young player you have in Scotty Barnes and see if you can build a team around him. Are you just saying that because you're scared of the potential losing the potential of Pascal to your precious Dallas Mavericks? No, that you're I'm not on your shirt right now. I'm I'm, I'm not because I also I also think too I don't think or Pascal just worried for Pascal's in future. In general, if he's stuck with a 33-year-old Dame yeah, in the last couple of years. I, I think it'd be a fun, a fun combo, Pascal and Dame. I just don't think it's gonna work. And I also don't mm-hmm. think the Raptors are in a position to trade for an older mm-hmm. star to try to how many years are you getting out? And also, too, we love Damian Lillard, but let's 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 be honest here. That guy has, doesn't play a full season. He can't stay on the court the whole year. It's not a guy Toronto, like. I don't know. I, I just – it's a weird team to pop up. I was like, all right, yeah, cool. Like, I just kind of looked at the art. I was like, all right, whatever, Toronto, cool. It's it's, not, it's not a move that 
I mean, we've talked up Masai Ujiri a lot on this show. I think very highly of him as an executive and everything. It does not feel like a move that he would make even. So it feels, it's just, it feels out of character for them to be in this kind of conversation, the way they kind of like to keep their options open. Like you're Mm -hmm. saying, Um, I think the biggest thing is that from this store, the Dame reporting that the Raptors are an interesting team as the, uh, the mystery team or whatever it is. But I think it's going to be hilarious when the Heat just keep lowballing Portland and then they get end up trading him to the Knicks or yeah, something right. like that. Like what I don't think is going to be the Knicks, but I just feel like Miami is playing a really dangerous game right now by lowballing all these offers because Portland's going to take the first one that looks any bit appetizing to them because they have to as we've talked about on past podcasts they made their bed the second they picked scoot henderson they can say hey we're gonna go into camp with him all this other stuff good luck good luck trying to to pull off that dynamic the miami thing i i get pat riley this is what pat riley does he tries to he's gonna try to milk this he's not going to make a move unless he feels like he absolutely has to and that is considering the context of what the offers are going to be for Dame around the league, obviously. But I mean, listen, I just don't, I don't know. Maybe they do get him on pennies on the dollar, but it's a risky game for Miami who we're talking about. I was talking about the Raptors with an old Dame. That's an old ass Miami team, especially yeah. with Jimmy Butler. You know, he ain't getting any younger either. So it, it's an interesting cat and mouse game right now, I think with Miami and Portland. And I, I'm just, Hey, Pat, Pat Riley knows what he's doing, but man it's 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 gonna be uh it's gonna be fun to watch to see if especially if dame gets traded somewhere else like what the hell miami what was your offer like if they don't offer that's what i'm thinking like if dame gets traded and then we hear oh miami's best offer was you know the poo poo platter it's like what were you guys even doing all summer then like why would you not want to make this move they feel like a team that has to make this moves so that's why they don't want to overpay. I get where it all comes from. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, it's an interesting game of cat and mouse between Pat Riley and uh, the Blazers organ right now. Bla- Blazers organization right now. Oh, Donnie muted. Definitely was there muted. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, a cat and mouse game for sure won't be the last time within the next 35 days that we talk about Damian Lillard and probably the Miami Heat in this situation. It's just fun that we can have uh, the we can take the bag off the head of the mystery team in the Eastern Conference. Turns out it's just the Toronto Raptors. Um, probably an even bigger bigger question mark of what the package would be from that group opposed to the Miami Heat's package, but apparently the Heat are daring the Blazers to find another package. That was the other reports from today. So we'll see. We'll see if the Raptors make a move. We'll see if Portland uh, gives in on the the report they made just days ago about how they are done talking trades with Dame. So that it was our news and notes. And we'll start with the team in the Central Division that we actually talked a bit about last week after Giannis and his comments saying he's a winner first before he's a Milwaukee Buck and he's going to do whatever it takes to put himself in a situation to win another Larry O'Brien trophy. The Miami Bucks for next season, their over-under on win totals is 52 and a half. I really struggled with this one. My gut told me the under, so that's what I took here. Pretty interested to hear what you guys have to say about this just because of how torn I was on this. I think it's a really good line, 
um, all things considered. But I, I did go under just I don't have the best vibes about the Milwaukee Bucks at the moment. Yeah, I, I took the under as well. Um, I, I don't love it because I think I'm right around that number. Like low 50s is really where I see this Bucks team. I mean, it's right. You're taking the under, you're betting against Giannis, who's probably the best basketball player in the world. And that's that's a tough that's a tough pill to swallow. That's a, that's a tough thing to do. But I look at this team, and it's just kind of like copy and paste for the past couple of years. And when you copy and paste – that's fine when your team's young and getting better, but this is an old team kind of regressing. And this is also, I think the first time I've seen a little bit of frustration come from Giannis where, you know, if things go bad, we could see Giannis getting a little upset or it just, it's just not going to be a perfect storm, perfect world for this team anymore. So I, I'm taking the under, I still Middleton. I know he's been dealing with injuries, but we haven't seen him get back to that elite level of playing. He has love drew, but he's older. And, you know, Brooke Lopez, another guy, had a great year. He's 35, 36 years old. Like, this team is old. Like, this Mm -hmm. is an old team. And this is also a team that relies so heavily on one player. When you rely so heavily on one player, he has to be all the way in. And I think Giannis is when he's on the court. Absolutely. I don't think there's many players in the NBA that just try harder when they're on the court than Giannis. But if Giannis is to miss any games at all, this is not a good basketball team. This is not like the Milwaukee Bucks in the past where Giannis is out and they can, you know, have that defense and make up yeah. for it. Um, I, I just I, I seem to get older and it's just too much relying on one player. I'm 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 gonna take the under because I think so many teams got better and the Milwaukee Bucks just kind of stayed the same or went down a little bit from last year, in my opinion. What are you thinking, Jake? I think I agree with everything Steve said including the part where Giannis is the best basketball player in the world. And for that reason, I have to pick them to go over 52 because I picked the Celtics to go under. So that was like last week. I told you a couple weeks ago, I told you guys like Celtics going under means the bucks are going over. Can't be both. I think it could be. Yeah. I think it'll be 53 or 54 wins. This is not a 60 win team. This is not the juggernaut we've had in years past. They could still be good enough to win a title. I'm really interested in Giannis's, uh, temperament and what you're saying about the vibes Dunny too because it is weird vibes right now like Giannis talking about leaving and everything who knows what if things go bad what's he gonna do how is he gonna react we've never seen him in these situations before personally I feel like Giannis is gonna be in like killer mode all year because of that even if he's like mad at the team I feel like that's gonna make him press harder and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing him pressing could be a bad thing ultimately could lead to turnovers could lead to him being injured could lead to him becoming more inefficient whatever that could manifest itself in other ways but i just think he's either one or two has to be one or two on your list and best basketball player in the world um and i think he's due he has a bad taste in his mouth for that playoff loss last year and I think there's at least one more good year in Milwaukee before they really got to answer some questions i think it's just because he's going to be locked in but I, I also could see him derailing the season too yeah i mean there's both are very good options like i said i'm just taking the over just because i picked the celtics under yeah and that's uh, my under is the same same kind of vibes as steve like if it does go under they're probably just missing this mark that's why i, I said i do think it's a good line biggest part for me is just the vibes Giannis's latest comments New head coach was a big thing for me. 
And then just the reserves that are actually going to be getting the minutes on this team are extremely old. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or just inconsistent guys. Like Grayson Allen's probably the youngest in the he might Grayson Allen could be a starter for this team. He might be yeah. to start yeah. the to start the year. But like you look at other like Fanasis Antetokounmpo's already 31 years old. Uh, Pat Connaughton, 30, Jay Crowder, 33, Goran Dragic, 37. Drew Holiday, 33. Myers Leonard, 31. Brooke Lopez, 35. Yeah, they're both 35. It's an old team, dude. It's an old team. Chris Middleton, 32. And then, you know, the exception to the rule is Bobby Portis is 28. But end of last season, I don't know if you guys remember, Bobby Portis wasn't, didn't seem too happy with whatever the Bucks had going on and whether that was Giannis' comments or, um, you know, the, flame out by coach bud or whatever but something just doesn't seem right with this milwaukee bucks team me watching Giannis drop 50 14 and 15 could easily change that uh after (laughs) but as of right now that's there's just those few factors are what have me would be taking the under on this team we don't have to talk much about who the team MVP would be because it's, it's obvious. Board. <laughs> no one's taking Brooke Lopez here. Uh, most likely to be traded for me on this team would actually be Chris Middleton. I think I, I was between him and Portis, truthfully. I think they can't really afford to trade Brooke Lopez, who I think is a guy that a lot of people might say for this team, but really – He's been such a pivotal part of this team and what they like to do that people don't realize. When Giannis doesn't show up scoring or doesn't play, he actually is a guy who steps in and can give you 25 to 30 if need be. He's basically recreated his whole game since he's been in Milwaukee and has turned himself into a three-point shooter. And then just outside of him, they don't really have any skill um, even close to anywhere near that size. I don't think it would be Brooke that gets traded. I do think it will be Middleton, a guy who they've had no problem moving to the bench because he can't stay healthy for these stretches, but is also such a notable and good scorer that I think you get something in return. Um, That's why I think Middleton would be the one traded on this team if we see it happen. Yeah, I don't hate that take. I'm going with the other guy you mentioned, Bobby Portis. It's it's kind of yeah. obvious, right? End of year, we kind of saw, oh, maybe he doesn't like him in Milwaukee. And also, too, like this is a guy who's played really well off the bench for a couple seasons. Very good. And in the NBA, when you start to play really well off the bench, you kind of be like, oh, what, what would it be like if I'm a consistent starter? And yeah. I think Bobby Portis, it's tough because – you know, I think he's best at the four, sometimes the five, and who's ahead of him? It's it's Lopez and Giannis. And even though Lopez is 35, I don't think they're ever going to be benching him for Portis. The only way Portis really gets in consistent starts, I think, is, is barring an injury because I just don't think Milwaukee will play that big. Um, I could be wrong, and I, I, we could we could see them play that for stretches, and we have seen it in-game. But just starting and getting starter minutes – I don't see Portis really ever getting that, uh, barring an injury. So I could see Portis, you know, putting up another type of six-man-of-the-year caliber season and being like, I I deserve more. I deserve more minutes and a chance where I can start. Because like you said, if he has issues with the team, what's holding them back, right, for wanting to go elsewhere? Mm-hmm. Jake, who's getting booted off the box this year? <laughs> 
it's Chris Middleton I've got my eyes on too. I feel like I yeah. don't know, man. Like the, Drew's not going anywhere because Drew Holiday is still a baller, at least as of last year. Now guards can and go they down sold very they quickly. sold their future for him, already. and they sold yeah. everything for, for Drew too. So getting rid of him's a bad bad look. It's all squarely on Middleton, but Middleton, what the fuck are you gonna get for him right now? Right? I know it's it's, 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 it's like you should have traded him two years ago, probably. Yeah. You know, so they're, they they can't trade any. I don't know. This one was hard for me because I'm like. There's who the fuck does anybody want from this team? Giannis, like Giannis is the most likely to be traded, honestly, <laughs> at this point. He's the one talking about being yeah. traded. So maybe I would not want to see what that return would be. I would yeah, not want to see what that it's not worth would it. Be. Whatever it is, it's not worth Oklahoma it. Oklahoma City doesn't have enough first round picks. That's yeah. that's pretty much worth they don't have enough first round picks right now. <laughs> Danny, Danny Ainge couldn't even. <laughs> yeah, it's uh you you bring up a good point about Middleton. I think it, this is the sad part of the business too, but it, for Middleton trade to actually work out, it would probably be, it would probably have to come after his best two week stretch in the last like two years. It'd probably have to be a moment where he's scoring in bunches, playing very good basketball for a month span. And then maybe Milwaukee, um, you know, takes advantage of that. But who knows? I think a trade is due at some point for these Milwaukee Bucks. We'll we'll probably see it before the deadline. Who that will be, we don't know. We think it might be Middleton, could be Portis, but like like you guys just said, it could easily be Giannis. Uh, my best case and worst case for this team, I think best case is you know this can be easily said. I can say this confidently is an NBA Finals appearance again. Yeah. Giannis, you know, Steve mentioned it one or two on your best in the world list. And that's that. And the worst would be a first round exit. And Giannis gets even more frustrated with this team and starts speaking out even more. And Milwaukee fans are sad. I think yeah. it's that simple for me. I, I think that's it. I'm just going to echo you. If I say anything, I think that we've seen that this pretty much this exact same team win the finals before who's to say they can't do it again. Giannis could just will them to a championship, even if they are getting older and regressing a little bit. We've seen some of the postseasons he's put up and the way he could put a team on his back. And yeah, I, I think first round exit. I don't think this team ever misses the playoff, barring an injury. But we don't do injuries for worst case scenario because we don't root for injuries. Um, right. So I, yeah, I, I think first round exit. I, I also too, Dunny, to be honest, I think they get past the first round. I don't think Giannis loses first round regardless. I think yeah. this, unless they get a tough matchup, I, I, I think worst case probably a second round exit because it just Giannis is too talented. If because we're thinking Milwaukee's what at worst a three seed, right? Is, yeah. is that is yeah. that fair? At worst a three seed, I don't know if they're gonna face. They could face a team that'll give them a series, but I don't know if they're facing a team that's gonna take them out round round one. Giannis is just too talented of a player for that. We've seen it before. I mean, it's yeah. either either they win the title or Giannis gets traded. <laughs> There's those are the two yeah. scenarios yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna win the title, or Giannis is gonna be gone by February to New York or somewhere <laughs> else, and yep. we won't talk about the Bucks on this podcast a lot more. That's for sure. Yeah, true. Yeah, so yes, I said at the top this division was uh, easier than the last last couple we covered, and started with the Bucks. You know, it's. A lot of Giannis, a lot of a lot of things centered around Giannis, and not much else after that. So, Jake, we'll move we'll move on to a little more exciting team. Jake's Cleveland Cavaliers had crazy season last year. I mean, 
started white hot, one of the scariest looking offenses in basketball. I had the pleasure of watching them beat my Celtics twice in overtime early in the year. Mitchell scorched earth was unbelievable. Their win total for this upcoming season is 50 and a half. And spoiler alert, we all have the under, which I'm surprised by. Uh, Jake, why don't, you, why don't you start us off here? Talk about talk about your Cleveland Cavaliers and why you have the under for this win total. So two years ago, they were at, I think, 44. Last year was 51. We've talked about the East in general. The Bucks and the Celtics are the class. That third spot's really up for grabs, and it really could be the Cavs. The Cavs could win 52 games, be the third seed in the East, and I feel like that's kind of where like people are just kind of slotting them and expecting you know that that's where they'll, they'll contend for and everything else i'm just this is like the least like i'm just i don't i think it's gonna go so bad this year i really do yeah. i think things are going first of all our gm got arrested for a uh i want to get the exact thing right impaired driving drunk driving the other day so that's the vibes to start the season yeah. uh drunk driving gm you know that's great vibes to start there Mitchell is going to ask for a trade by the end of this year, guys. Like, he's just not staying here. I don't see him. I don't see it happening. I don't like the comments I saw out of him about how awesome. Like, th those comments don't – you don't just say those things. And he's an emotional guy. He never wanted to be in Cleveland. So why would he sign the extension? They're in the same spot as Giannis thing next year. He can sign an extension next offseason. Do either of you think Davin Mitchell signing that off that extension next offseason unless they win Probably the title? Not. No. He's not. So they they're they're fucked. Like I honestly think with Mitchell, they're fucked and they should have explored trading him this summer. But you can't explore trading him after one year. Like you just can't. No one would ever do it. So they're gonna run through this year. Allen's gonna lose trade value because his confidence is shook. And that team, they can't play Mobley and Allen together. That's been clear. And it's not, I don't think that's gonna improve unless Mobley turns into like a 40% shooter. I think Mitchell is going to want out at some point, but I think they're going to give the ball to him and make him the lead creator and lead guy to make him happy. And it's going to hurt Garland's uh, development. It's also going to piss Garland off too, if he has to deal with that again this year. I just don't, I don't, I don't got good vibes from the Cavs. So I'm going under, I think this team could be a playing team uh, potentially and surprise everybody. I think people are too high on them. But Jake, what about Ooh. the addition of Max Struess? <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. We went out and balled out for Max Struess. You're right. Huge signing. Over's back on. <laughs> you got Niang too, right? <laughs> Those were the two big splashes the Cavs made. I will say, we asked for shooting. I asked for the Cavs to get a shooter and to get a guy that could defend three and D. And they did do that. They yeah, those they, guys they do they fit did. those spots. So they True. did address that. I, I just, I just think it comes down to Mitchell, and I don't think he's going to want to stay here in June. So that's the issue I'm, I'm really looking at. And so maybe they do win 50 wins and everything's good and fine till then. But yeah, yeah, I got the under. It's a slight under again, just like Milwaukee. Slight yeah. under. Um, big reason for me here, Jake, you kind of pointed to it a little bit, is like you have, you know, four talented players, I think, in Garland, Mitchell, Mobley, and Allen. But, like, it's hard to play both on the court at the same time with Garland and Mitchell. It just wasn't really working that well. And Mobley and Allen is just – that's what yeah, killed them. Against the Knicks, you just can't do that. And so 
when you have four, you know, good players, I like all four, but it's limiting your team. It hurts you. And I think it's going to hurt the Cavs. And it's either going to be like, what? You got to start figuring out lineups. So maybe you start, you know, all five. There's your starting five. And then you try to stagger them. It just doesn't work because when you want to build a championship team, you want the five best players on your team at the court, on the court at the same time. Because we see in the playoffs, benches shrink. Teams have a shorter rotation, maybe only playing seven, eight guys total, and you're playing your starters big minutes. Cavs can't do that. They just can't do that. And we haven't seen anything since this team's kind of been created where they've shown that they can do that. It just doesn't work. So I'm taking the under here because, like I said, I like the players. It just doesn't kind of fit together. So either one's got to get traded, maybe someone's got to go, or you got to switch up your lineups, and that just leads to inconsistency. So I'm taking the under. I like Mobley. I think Mitchell had an incredible year, kind of proved me wrong of how good of a player he could be his first year in Cleveland. But like I said, a lot of that was, you know, before him and Garland started playing together was when Mitchell was balling out. So it's just – I'm, I'm going to take the under here. I, I just don't see many games where the Cavs just have Mobley, Allen, Garland, Mitchell on the floor at the same time, and everything's just humming. Everything's working. So give me the under. Yeah, my biggest thing was, Jake, what did you say? That they were 51, I think, wins yeah. last year? Yeah, right at the number. Yeah, so they they're right at the line last year, and I thought their regular season they looked incredible, and then they just looked like a completely different team in the playoffs. And that was really the only logic I had picking the under here. I was like, okay, well, they looked great getting that 51, which would just barely get them this over, um, and they looked a lot worse after the fact. I do like the additions that Jake talked about. We can mm-hmm. joke. I don't. Personally, like Max Drews, but I think he's a good fit for this team, and I'll probably like him a little better as a Cav and not <laughs> as, as a Miami Heat. But yeah, I, I like the additions. I don't think this team's going to be bad by any means, but you know, it's it's hard to come across fifty wins, and it's even yeah. harder to do it in back to back seasons. So we'll see with the Cavs. We all have the under. We do. Have different team MVPs, though. I have Mitchell just because, like I said, I watched him up close and personal a couple different times last year. He was outstanding. I don't see anyone individually outperforming him on this team. I do like Steve's pick, however, for the upside. Yeah. But uh, so, Steve, let, let us know who you got as the team I mean, MVP. You guys know I've been talking about for ever since we started talking about the Cavs, Evan Mobley. I, I think this guy has all the potential in the world, and we started to finally see his offense start to come around in the second half of last year, which is a big sign. Another reason I like Evan Mobley is, quote unquote, the team MVP is I think he could win defensive player of the year. I think this guy could be the best defender on the court at all times, which is huge. And I also said, too, and this is why I have the unders, I think him and Jared Allen on the court at the same time kind of limits Mobley a little bit. I'll tell you what, I love Jared Allen. You know I I wear the fro shirt all the time with Jared Allen on it, but – He's probably, he, he might be he might be gone or they might switch things up. Mobley's the guy now. He's the big man now. I think offense, he's he was trying to work on the outside shot a little bit. I think you give him another offseason. I think this guy's a hard worker. I think he's someone we saw him take a little bit of a jump. I think where he's gonna take another jump. And this is someone where I think can win defensive player of the year and also probably put up what 20, 12, and four. And then maybe three blocks with it, like that. Those are realistic numbers, I think. And I think he brings more overall to this team than Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell could, he scored, you know, he scored seventy-one points. He can score like crazy. 
But Evan Mobley, I think, is the more complete basketball player, definitely the better defender, and I think he has the potential and also the physical physical size too, right? Seven foot, his wingspan's ridiculous. This guy just learns how to shoot a little bit. He's one of the best players in the league, not just on this team, in the league. So I think we're going to see a big jump from Mobley. Yeah, I I think it will be Mitchell. I think for the betterment of the Cavs future, it's Evan Mobley. I think you both are right. I think Mitchell's going to do it because that's just what Donovan Mitchell does. Yeah. He's going to mm-hmm. get his 30. He's going to mm-hmm. do what he does, but it needs to be Mobley if this team wants to to do some real stuff this year. All right. Well, those are our team MVPs most likely to be traded for me. It's Darius Garland. I, you know, for these, it's honestly a lot of names that I put in when we do do these are names that I've heard have already been rumored to be traded. Because a lot of the times, not always, but a lot of the times that's the case. And maybe it's not right away when those rumors happen. But down the road, it tends to happen because either they were true and the player gets moved because that's what the team said they were going to do. Or it was halfway true or it was true until the deal wasn't there anymore. But then the player already hears about it and is upset and wants to get traded anyway. Also, Steve mentioned it. Garland and Mitchell doesn't actually work out as much as people like to think or as good as it looks on paper it doesn't look as good on the actual hardwood and i think they just move on from a guy like garland before they do with mitchell even i'm with you jake i don't know if he's signing that extension but i think if you're the Cavs front office you're going to do everything you can to try to get him to sign so Mm -hmm. i do think they would move garland before mitchell but that's that's just my hunch I would. You guys would be a see a really sad Jake Micah if they trade Darius Garland. I yeah. just want you to know mm-hmm. that beyond worse than LeBron leaving the second time, maybe not the first time. Garland. Oh. Garland last year got fucked over. First of all, yep. What's his name? Can't even remember. I think it was Gary Trent. Needs to cut his nail. Stabs him in the eye. Dude can't see for two months, and then yeah. Donovan Mitchell doesn't pass him the ball anytime they're on the court together. So Garland is in a spot. And mind you, as good as people thought they were together, this podcast specifically did not want Donovan Mitchell to go to the Cavs because of this pairing. And I think that everything that we worried about bores out this year in the second year. Um, My most likely is going to be Jared Allen because I think that dude's going to be gone in December. The second they can trade for the rest of the league and all the free agents can get traded, I think Jared's going to go. Like I just think... They, they, they have to know that the, the composition of this team is not structured well right now. And even if they get 60 cents on the dollar for Jarrett, I think it helps them overall because you got to just put Mobley, like you were saying, Steve, he's got to just be in the position and he's got to be in the position and learn. He's got to fail. Yeah. He's got to try. He's got to try to cover these guys. You can't baby him his whole career. You got to put him against Embiid. You got to put him against Jokic. You got to just put him out there against all the bigs and see what you actually got in him. I don't think that happens until Allen's gone. So I'll go Allen, but I'm a little worried about Garland because I do think that everything you said about that is right. They're going to try to make Mitchell happy, all that. And the most Cavs thing to happen would be them trading Garland in February and then Mitchell asking for the trade in January or in June. So I'm I'm with you, Jake. I, I, Jared Allen, I kind of alluded to it. I just think he limits Mobley sometimes. And I think Mobley, he's 22 years old. I think he's going to be the centerpiece of this franchise for a while to come. And I think he's going to take another leap. And in order for him to take a leap, 
he's got to be the guy, like you said, down low. Regardless if he's like playing, you know, traditional centers, playing more of, you know, a stretch, you know, four stretch five role. I, I just give it just. I just got to trade Jared Allen. I love Jared Allen, too. I think he's a good basketball player. It just doesn't work. It, it really doesn't work. Unless Mobley comes out and starts draining threes, like he's he's a big threat from the outside, he'll, he'll shoot a couple here and there, but he has to be a legitimate threat. But otherwise, you have two guys that just outside of what, 18 feet, they don't even have to respect. That's, yeah. that's an issue in today's in NBA. So I think Allen's got to go. And Mobley like set steps into you know that five role. Donnie, you're muted again. <laughs> He's the mute monster's getting you today. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to not make any noise and let you guys. I know talk, it's the type. It's... I do that shit all the time. Trying to type and then I'll be like, oh, yeah. God. All right. Well, you guys got me again. <laughs> what I was going to say is we got best and worst case scenario for the Cavs here. It, it's funny because us breaking down the rest of the team and questions here, almost we almost said um, basically everything that could pan out for this Cavs team. I think best case scenario, I do still think if they figure it out and maybe it is a Jared Allen trade that helps them get over this hump. I mean, the way they played in the regular season, like no one would have been surprised if this team went to the conference finals last year before the playoffs started. So I do still think that's their best best case scenario. I think a conference finals appearance wouldn't shock me if they, especially if they play the way they did like last regular season. Uh, worst case, I think they missed the playoffs just because how bad they looked in the playoffs. And if they continue that, then if they play like they did against the Knicks in the regular season this upcoming year, they will not make the playoffs. So best and worst for this group is kind of easy for me. I'm, I'm kind of similar with you, Donnie, except I'm just going a little more towards the middle where I think best case, I don't think they make the conference finals. I think best case is probably the semifinals of the Eastern Conference. I just, like I said, I just think this team's limited unless a big move is done because you just, they can't play their best players on the court at the same time for an entire game and benches shrink in the playoffs. And we watched them get exposed by the Knicks, who, spoiler alert, didn't look good in their next series. <laughs> they didn't look good in their next series. Uh, everyone was like, wow, the Knicks really figured it out. This, oh, no, the Knicks just played the Cavs. Like, that. that's all that happened. Um, and then I think their uh, floor or worst-case scenario, I think they're a play-in team. I don't think this team misses the play playoffs. I think there's too much talent on this team to miss the playoffs, but things just kind of don't work. They're a play-in team, and maybe, you know, they just don't get out of the play-in. My best case scenario is they got to, they trade Jared Allen for OG and an OB, go to the NBA finals, and then probably lose to the Warriors or something like that. But the best case scenario involves trading Jared Allen, re-signing Donovan Mitchell. That's the biggest – I don't care what the Cavs do in the playoffs this year. If they re-sign Donovan in the offseason or convince him to stay some point for with their play, that's all – that is what this year, as you said, Donny, needs to be focused on. Keep Donovan happy and keep him around because – Otherwise, they're I don't know what it, I mean, Mitchell and Garland, it's a thing like they could still be good. They could still be great, a great tandem without them. We don't know what that ceiling is. And if this dude up and leaves, we don't know what they're going to feel about that, feel that type of way, too. So that's what best case scenario is. You keep Mitchell happy and you trade Jared Allen. I think worst case, I've already laid out like Mitch. They trade Garland because they think it'll help Mitchell. Mitchell decides to leave anyways in June. 
they flame out after they flame out in the playoffs. He gets a tra- they have to trade him. They get a bad return for him, and then Mobley next year just isn't the guy. He's not a one. He's a three, and they figure that out the hard way. So there's a lot of different scenarios for the Cleveland Cavaliers this year. I think that it's they're not as much of a surefire solid team as the general NBA public, I think, has them kind of just slotted in from where they were last year. There's a lot of drama going on, especially now, even more with the with the GM situation the last couple of days. Like there's just yeah. a lot of instability going on right now. So I don't know. I, I feel like they're a candidate for a team where we're going to be talking in a couple of weeks like, damn, the Cavs are like seven and 12 how did that happen like i really don't i really don't have high i I had higher hopes last year and i wasn't that excited about mitchell and garland (laughs) together this year i really am maybe it's just maybe it's because we're after we watched the browns last night or something i'm just feeling some type of way towards cleveland sports today too but i've been waiting for this Cavs one because i knew i was gonna light into them i am i know i'm I'm shocked right now I, I see what you're doing though. You're play you're doing the old um you know, trying to trying to play it down just so when when they start doing maybe you're, you're, <laughs> maybe <laughs> I am. But also I think that I'm just used to the Cavs having LeBron James and don't know how to handle not having that uh, cheat code on my yeah. roster. Like it feels so weird when the team, you know, flames out yeah, and doesn't when you have need answers. Because when LeBron lost, it was team. like, Okay, but we have LeBron again. Like we're just gonna yeah. be back. We'll be fine. So like, I don't care that we have Max Struess and George's <laughs> Niang. We have LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> well, a team, a team that doesn't have a LeBron and a team that doesn't have much of anything going their way the last couple of years is the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Jake's, I guess, other team, not by choice. He just lives in Chicago now. Um, the over/under for the Bulls win total is thirty-seven and a half. I am the lone over here, so I will make my case now. I actually had the under at first, and I thought about it, and I was like, "Well, Demar Derozan is still there, and I think very highly of him. Probably most, probably more than most people." who cover the NBA or who just watch the NBA in general. I've always loved DeMar DeRozan. I think he's a great player. Really doesn't get enough credit than he deserves. He's mid-range king. Yeah, he's just mm-hmm. he's a scoring assassin in general. He's kept the mid-range alive specifically, like Steve mentioned, and he's just one of my favorite players to watch. And I was thinking 2018-19 I believe was his first year in San Antonio. And, you know, that was a team with LaMarcus Aldridge was there, Pau Gasol towards the end of his career. Not many other names besides that. Here, let me just make sure I'm not missing anyone big on this team. Now, Bellinelli, Davis Bertans, that team won 48 games. And I think the Chicago Bulls this year, and granted, it's a different DeRozan. You know, he's years older now. I do still think what the Bulls have this year is more talented than that Spurs roster. And this win total is 10 games less than that. Um, and that's that's how I got to me taking the over here. I think as long as you have DeRozan, obviously injuries play a factor. You know, I, I'm banking on Levine being healthy. They re-signed Vooch, so he's still going to be there. And I do tend to like their young talent on this team too. I think there's a few guys who I'm still waiting to – kind of emerge and it's probably this is the last year that they are going to have that leash guys like um 
Patrick Williams, Colby White, Ayu. I think those guys are going to have to, you know, do something this year or it's probably too late for them. But I don't know. I just thought it was a low number. I figured DeRozan's been on bad teams where he's put up more wins than this before. And yeah, I like the over here. Tell me why I'm wrong though, guys, because it feels it feels nasty. It, it's just to me, it feels like Milwaukee, but worse. Where it's like we're getting older and we're running back the same group. And I was surprised when they brought back Vucevic, and I love DeRozan too, Donnie. Don't get me wrong, but he's 34. He's he's 34. And the biggest thing with DeRozan, the difference between DeRozan and let's say another aging star who's right around the same age, Demar DeRozan, like you said, like. He, he, he's, a, he's in a scoring assassin, but a lot of his scoring is driving to the lane in the mm-hmm. mid-range, you know, some contact with the shots. He's not someone who's just sitting out there shooting 10 threes a game. And a lot of times when you get older, you can just, you know, maybe take my game down a little bit. I'll just look for the open corner. Shoot, that's never going to be DeRozan's game. So I think we're going to see DeRozan regress a little quick, more quickly than other stars because he has to have that type of physical side still to his game driving to the lane, taking those contested jumpers. Um, and also, too, I just – I look at this team, and it's like I think this team won, what, 40 games last year? Yes. And it's just it's just the same old, same old in Chicago. And, you know, the city doesn't have a great track record for teams with expectations. And the biggest thing I, I look at when I, when I look at this Chicago Bulls team is I go, what – like, what could go wrong – to not hit this win total. I I don't love the bench depth. I really don't. I don't think the guards outside of Caruso are that great at defense. They have a liability in the paint defensively with Vucevic. He's gifted offensively, but he's an absolute liability, and he's getting older. So they're, and, and you look at the other bigs that they're going to go up against in the East, too. It's just they're not going to be able to defend any of them. I'm going to take the under here, but the good news for, uh, you know, Chicago sports fans is you got Bedard in the lottery. So you get to watch a little bit of hockey and have some hope for that because I don't think the Bulls – the Bulls are going to be one of those teams where they're not good enough to really do anything, but they're not bad enough to be the worst team in the league, and they're just in that in-between place where it's just – you don't want to deal with it. And if it goes south, right, if they start slow, who's most likely to probably be traded? Probably DeRozan, their best player. So yeah, I'm going to take, take the under there. I, I just I think there's more ways the under hits than the over hits here. It's a good point. Yeah. Um, I, it's nice of you to appeal to Chicago sports fans, but they're too busy arguing about Justin Fields right now on the internet, so they are not paying oh, attention God. to any Bulls talk. <laughs> I'm picking the under because I think this team is going to blow it all the way to smithereens because of Connor Bedard is one of the reasons, too. I really think this is their chance to just blow it all up, and no one's going to really pay attention to them. They got the hype in the city on other places, whether it's the Bears things, everything else, and there's really nowhere else to go. Like, like. Right. I don't know how you improve it. I think Levine's going to get moved first. I feel like yeah. I feel like they're trying to move him. And I mean, our little our friend on Twitter, NBA trade analyst, put that out there a couple months ago that Levine was trying to get moved and bumped it up yesterday. I'm um, talking about eight in potential and everything else in that move, which is whatever. I'm not not concerned about that. And it's a guy that's anonymous on the internet, whatever. But Levine, it would make sense if they wanted to move him. But he's very expensive, very expensive, and it's it's. The point with Levine, I think, is the biggest problem with the Bulls because he's getting paid like a super duper star and he's just not that guy and hasn't been that guy for them. And like you're saying, Dunny, like it's DeRozan's team. 
really like it is that and, and it should be why like why would you not want your team to center around DeMar DeRozan he's an outstanding human being it seems like a, a, a consummate professional and he's been balling like a superstar still too so I think their biggest problem is a Zach Levine problem I think I'd rather see this team with Levine gone with Vooch gone and then just DeRozan and a bunch of young guys and that would be way more fun than the squad they're throwing out there this year so I'm taking the under but I'm think this is like a way more fun under for me because I want this, this, this team can like become so many different things and go so many different ways. Now, mind you, the bulls of the 21st century have not proven that they could ever do that or ever build a winning franchise like this. Mm-hmm. Or this front office has basically been the same for the last, you know, 15, 20 years and have not been able to produce a consistent winner. So them blowing it up does not mean that it's going to be better. But uh, I just don't know where they go from here. So, yeah, I'm ripping that under. And it's also a kind of a tease towards how we feel about these teams later on, yeah. I feel like, too. Yeah. I was just going to say, you you just foreshadowed and Ellie <laughs> my my best and worst case perfectly because best case, and this might be a reach, it's probably more like a play-in team. But play-in, playoff, fringe team, yeah. I think, if, if everything works out the way yeah. the ownership apparently wants it to because they are just running back the same exact group, which we've seen yep. past couple of years, play in playoffs, you know, they're right in that range. That was and then they had a lot of injuries last year too. Yeah, That's the they thing did. though. They were, they were, and all their guys were hurt. Like they were never those, the stars that you would think of all together. We were talking about Vooch, DeRose and Levine were barely on the court together at any time. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it is an issue. Sorry, Danny, keep going. No, you're good. And Steve brought up how he was shocked. They brought back Vooch. That tells me maybe he's the guy who gets traded. Maybe they just wanted yeah, it to be a contract true. thing that works out. It would be weird that they signed it in the offseason because usually it's like a sign and trade and it happens right, right. then. Yeah. But, you know, it could still be a money thing that they were just trying to get ahead of. Um, so maybe we see Vooch traded. Uh, worst case, you, we, I mean, all three of us already mentioned it. They, they blow up this team. Like Jake said, they blow it to smithereens. That's worst case scenario, I think, because your team's going to be pretty dog shit if you blow this up. Dude, I, you know, um, it's a, you well, know what's interesting case, about the Bedard point too? Oh, nothing, go ahead. Right? Worst case. Oh yeah, we're nothing, and they yeah. just missed the playoffs <laughs> with this roster. I I would rather blow it up than just sit with this roster. Yeah, yeah, you did say that from the beginning. You said you know they they could be in that scary zone where you're not good enough to make the playoffs, right. and you're not bad right. enough to be in the lottery. That probably, right. especially as a fan and an owner, that probably is the worst place to be. I think you both made just came to help me come to the actual point of why they're running this back and it's the bedard point and the fact that they need to run this team back because they got to sell season tickets too like they're yeah. people are spending money on blackhawks yeah. tickets the blackhawks season tickets went crazy this year the yeah. bulls still got to sell tickets so how are you going to do that you can't do that by blowing it up in the summer and being like right. we got demar Derozan. hey there's the number one overall pick generational franchise in our building don't go spend money on him Come watch DeMar DeRozan <laughs> and all these random young yeah. basketball. So maybe it's as much as just like we need guys that we can put on posters. You know, I see I see Vooch's poster, his face on a poster at my train stop every single day. Like Vooch, it says C red and it's just Nikola Vucevic staring in my face. That could be as simple as it is. Like they needed to see some tickets because the other kids coming in town and they're like, hey, we just need to put a team out there that people will come watch and and come know who the people are and then they can kind of move forward but yeah not good spots no matter what for the bulls no and my last note on the bulls just because it'd be crazy if we talked about this team and didn't mention them 
Lonzo Ball is a day older than me. He is still only 25 years young. Yeah. He's well, we're both going to be 26 next month. Um, so he's you know nearly 26 years old, but still just crazy young. You know, you hope the knee can get figured out, and if it does, maybe Lonzo's the person to get traded from this group and, first. And that's one yeah. of the biggest things about this team, right? Like this team is missing like a guy like one of their core pieces like Lonzo got paid and brought in to be the starting point guard for 10 years 15 years and he's barely and how freaking good did they look when we actually were awesome glimpses of Lonzo (laughs) throwing full court alley-oops to Zach Levine right and and now he's just getting out of a chair with one leg to arguing with Stephen A's yeah yeah, to shove it in Stephen A's face so I, I, you know, I had to mention Lonzo if we're talking Bulls, for but sure, yeah, sure. We, we hope somehow the, if the Chicago Bulls figure out anything, it's to get Lonzo back on the court because everyone would love yeah. to see that. Um, moving right along, though, the Indiana Pacers. I, mm. I mean, if you don't love the Pacers and you're an NBA fan, you you got something wrong with you, man, because this, the excitement, the young talent, the you know, just the history behind this franchise that is just waiting to have a good squad again. Uh, it, it's fun, man. I, I I think if you're an Indiana Pacer fan, you got to be hyped. The over-under for a win total next year is 38 and a half. Another big spoiler, we all have the over here because we all love the Indiana Pacers. Steve, why don't you start with your MVP? I'm surprised <laughs> that it's not somebody else. <laughs> but it's but it is it is pretty much the obvious answer. I mean, uh it, yeah, give us a little Pacers minute here, Steve. Yeah, I mean I, I have Halliburton as my MVP. If we're gonna be honest, I could find four or five MVPs on this team because yeah. I love so these are this is like my team of just guys I love, like guys I think that are just super underrated that people don't give enough credit to that I think could have a big year. We'll start off with who I said is the team of the Tyrese Halliburton. I'm gonna it's gonna be kind of a hot take here. I would not be shocked. Maybe a little surprised. I would not be shocked if Halliburton had not the same stats, but a first All NBA SGA type of like year. If he stays mm-hmm. healthy the whole season, this is a guy who had the Pacers team last year, who wasn't that great last year in a playoff position before he got hurt, and then the world kind of fell apart, and the Pacers, you know, they just they, they fell out of it. It makes sense when you lose a point guard like that. Tyrese Halliburton. He may have an awkward shooting motion. It does not matter. He hits down the threes. He might have the best court vision of anyone not named LeBron James in the NBA right now. And he just he just makes everyone around him better. And when I look at a team of young players that I want to succeed or I think can succeed, you need someone who is steering the ship in the right direction. And that is the definition of Tyrese Halliburton. That is what he's been at every single level of basketball he's played. He's made players around him better. Now you have a lot of players on this team around Tyrese Halliburton that have Mm -hmm. untapped potential. Starting off with Ben Matherin, one of our favorite rookies from last year. The dude is a walking bucket, and he was coming off the bench. He was coming off the bench and scoring 20 points a night. I mean, it was incredible what he's doing. I think we're going to see him in a consistent starter role this year and being able to play alongside Halliburton for hopefully a full season would just be incredible to see what this guy can do 
offensively. You have Jairus Walker, one of my favorite rookies from the draft out of Houston. You want to talk about a player who's NBA ready. Jairus Walker is the definition of that. He's a three and D winger, but this guy can do so much more. Probably the best defensive player in the draft. I know Wemby obviously has the size and he's probably going to win more defensive players of the year, but I'm talking of just one-on-one guarding Jairus Walker. I don't think there's anyone else in the draft better than Jairus Walker that he can shoot. He can handle the ball a little bit. And he's someone I think who's going to be one of those rookies was just going to come in and be involved right off the start. Miles Turner, I know he was in trade talks for the entirety of last year in the offseason. He's still the super entirety under- of his career. He, yeah, he's still <laughs> super underrated and super oh, overlooked. So when he's on the court, he's a great player offensively and defensively as a big man who can stretch the floor, who's not a liability on either side of the court. And then you look at Buddy Heald. Another guy who can get any bucket he wants. You want to talk about guys who kind of found their footing in the middle of last year? Aaron Naismith and Jalen Smith, who I was almost ready to label as busts. I know Dunny wasn't a huge fan of Naismith on the Celtics. They come yeah. to the Pacers. They look like He's they a could different play player. basketball. Yeah, yeah, they look like they could play basketball again. And then you get Bruce Brown, who might be one of the best guys in the NBA to come off the bench, just do whatever you need him to do. Cause no issues. Bruce Brown very rarely makes a mistake. He's just a great overall basketball player, role player you want. And last but not least, saved from the New York Knicks. Now he's in the Pacers. I expect a big leap, whether it's coming off the bench or whether he sneaks his way in the starting lineup from Obi Toppin, who's actually going to get minutes, who's not going to be behind Randall's 44 minutes and get to only play four. Obi Toppin's going to have a role, and he's another one who was making a jump last year. We saw his outside shootings improved dramatically. Like This is a guy who has the most athleticism, probably anybody on the court at any time. And I just look at this team and I go, this is a lot of good young players who want to play together. I didn't mention Andrew Nemhard, who was one of the biggest surprises last year as a rookie too, who was great. This is this is a team that I think is going to learn to grow together, play together, and a lot of young talent. And like I said, they got a couple nice vets to help them. And they have mm-hmm. a point guard, Tyrese Halliburton, steering them in the right direction, who has one of the best basketball minds, playmaking ability, whatever you name it. This is a type of jump I think we could see the team going from missing the playoffs to being like a one of those feisty teams where you don't want to see them in the first round. You don't want to see them at any point in the playoffs. I love this Pacers team. I have the over, probably one of my favorite overs on the board because, like I said, Tyrese Halliburton is so overlooked and there's so many good guys with potential on this team. A lot of not a, a lot of household names that will become household names. Yeah, and if you weren't sold on the Pacers before, folks, you, you are now. <laughs> because of, of what Steve just gave us. That was that was That's beautifully sure. put. Uh, Jake, at your MVP, you're most likely to be traded, or if you want to just echo anything that Steve just said, that is all welcome. Yeah, I can't I can't hype him up anymore. That was a great job. We should the Pacers should hire you, Steve, right for that. <laughs> put, put it in a hype. We should send it to social or something because it was great. But they are gonna be the roster is very well built like you said a lot of guys might not be household names now will be but they're just well built as a team you want to be in the modern nba and rick carlisle gets how to run a modern nba franchise as well and a roster and how to get through to young guys too and how to get the most out of them so i completely agree with everything you said steve this is the easiest over for me because i think this team is going to be a four five seed range this year and you even took the spiciest take i had because i think halliburton is definitely 
going to be in consideration for first team all NBA. And I think he will be, have a similar type jump to what the, not even the jump. I think he's the play is there. I think he's just going to continue. He's going to get better and improve, but he, he should be get he's going to get the respect. Like SGA got his respect last year. Cause Halberton yeah. is legitimately one of the most exciting players to watch in the league. And I can't wait to play with this game team in 2k and <laughs> it's a great to... 2k team. It's a <laughs> and great I can't team. It is a great 2k and they're going to be my favorite league pass team. That's for sure. Like I will be watching a lot of Pacers basketball this year. And if you watched them last year, you were rewarded because they played fun. Like yeah. he, they were, it was always fun. They were always in exciting matchups and everything. I expect nothing less this year. So most likely to be traded though. I guess I'll go with that and kick that off. I don't even know, man. Like, It'd be hard to see that. I guess it's Miles. It's got to be Miles. Turner. It's gotta yeah, be Miles or, or, Buddy, right? or, one of the or Buddy. Yeah, oh, Buddy. Buddy's a good one. But yeah, Miles Turner is just like he's been on the trading block since he's been there. Miles Turner's got to be one of the chillest dudes alive because he is literally every every offseason rumored to be traded, and he is never <laughs> like I've never heard that he's upset with the organization, right? Or he's never spoken publicly about how he wants out. And he's been here at the worst of worst. He's been here at the highs of highs since he's been on the Pacers. Um, when Steve was talking about him, I, I actually looked it up because I think he does get overlooked in a lot of ways, mostly on the defensive end. He's yeah. at, He averages 2.3 blocks for his career. <laughs> I feel like people think that he just became the shot blocker because oh. I think at, at the beginning of last season, he his first like 10 games, he was averaging like four blocks or something like that. But no, he, Turner's been doing that. A guy who averages 2.3 blocks on his career and also shooting over 35% from three on his career. So just like a, a, a great ball player, someone who means a lot to this organization. We won't even do worst case scenarios for this team because we're all so high on them. But I do. The only thing I want to echo that Steve said is the offseason, the players they acquired in the offseason is the biggest part – for this team adding guys like bruce brown serge ubaka who else is there james johnson like another old guy you know i I did give heat to the bucks for having old reserves having old reserves on a team like this is is key and then obi toppin who you mentioned there ain't no stopping obi toppin was their other uh acquired guy this offseason and it, it just such not only are they just great players to have coming off the bench or you mentioned uh we wouldn't be surprised if obi uh starts eventually but they're they're just great guys to have on any team or a team like this which i think they did perfectly a lot of their stars or best players are on the younger side you bring in some guys some vets serge ubaka bruce brown championship experience and then a guy like obi toppin who just wasn't in the right situation before but has crazy potential um, yeah, I think you you said it, Steve. This was by far the easiest total to to pick, and it, it was a clear over. I, I think the you know they're going to be in the mid forties, maybe even high forties, low fifties, yeah. possibly low fifties um, for a win total for this team. And best case, I have fringe contender in the way there we all talked about them. You might yeah. see the Indiana Pacers in the NBA championship, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be that would be a little crazy maybe this first year but i think this yeah. is a team that can build a team that's going to be competitive for a while but yeah like i said i i love this team and i think they're only going up right why was i down on milwaukee and chicago because i think they're trending downwards they're getting older indiana's only going up 
they're really mm-hmm. only going up. I mean, Miles Turner's what 27. Their only real old player that's going to get regular minutes is probably Buddy Heald. Yep. Yeah. 30. They're only going up. Sky's the limit for this team. Yeah, Buddy Heald's 30. I mean, jo- yeah, George Hill is 37. Sergio Buck is 34. We don't think those guys are going to get. I much don't think run. they'll get much run. Maybe a Buck yeah. a little bit. Yeah, so we're excited for the Pacers and our last team, the Detroit Pistons, Detroit basketball. Um, Similar builds, I would say, to the Pacers. You know, they have a lot of young, good talent, a lot of guys with high upside. I don't think they're built quite quite as nicely as the Pacers, but another spoiler, we all have the over. I think it was just far too low for none of us to take the under Agreed. because Agreed. 28 and a half is a crazy line in my opinion Super low, right um and that, that that's all i have to say about the win total so we we all took the over steve why don't you start us with the team mvp i have a different guy we'll see who jake's got so i'm going kate cunningham and i know yeah. there's a, a couple other exciting players on this team the reason i'm going kate cunningham is i think he just has become forgotten because he was yeah. hurt and it's like but kate cunningham when he's on the court he is great i got the dallas luca jersey on right now and kate cunningham his game reminds me a lot like luca Doncic's. he's just a Ooh. bigger guard plays at his own pace, plays a little slower, but he can create his own shot. He can draw contact. He's not afraid, and he's a great playmaker. And he's he's a really good playmaker. And this is kind of, you know, we saw this a little bit in a College of Oklahoma State, and then we kind of saw it at the Pistons. Then he got hurt, and it's like everyone forget. Everyone forgot. Everyone just forgot about Cade Cunningham. And this is a guy, too, I think, who's going to take a step up. Like, we're going to see Cade Cunningham come back and be like, oh, yeah, that that's Cade Cunningham. That's a guy who any given night could flirt with a triple-double because of, like, the mm-hmm. way he plays. And he's another guy who fits my, like, you know, what I want in a point guard where he makes the players around him better. And I, you know, the Pistons were terrible last year. They were awful. But we saw good things out of a lot of players on this team that could elevate them going forward for the future, right? We we saw we saw Jaden Ivey have his moments of being just a highlight on the NBA court. Jalen Durant had a fantastic, fantastic rookie season. And then you have guys who, you know, came over Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley was was not very good. He looked pretty good on the Pacers. James or on, on the Pistons. James Wiseman was another one of those guys where he was just lost on the Warriors. And he started to show a little bit for the Pistons. And I I like I like the Pistons to take a step up. I think Cade Cunningham is going to make these players around him better. And I think the world's going to realize like, oh, Cade Cunningham's good when he's averaging like 24, 25, and like seven and six, something like that. Because that to me is a team MVP. A guy could do pretty much everything. And like I said, I love Luca, Cade Cunningham. I'm not going to say he's the player Luca is, but his the way he plays, the way he kind of, you know, dissects the NBA game, it reminds me of Luca. I like that. What yeah, you got, Jake? I, I got Cade too. He said everything I wanted to say. I fucking love Cade Cunningham. I hate that he's a piston. He's going to be a super duper star. He also could be a guy that could be an all NBA conversation like Shea was the last couple of years. I think, I think Cade, the sky is the limit for that man. And this team now, like you said, Dunny, they're not quite at that build yet that the Pacers are at, but they've got pieces that that starting lineup is exactly the kind of starting lineup you'd want to 
put out there on the floor in 2023. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. And I'm a huge Thompson twin fan. And so the fact that yes. they got Asar was, I hated yes. it on draft night. And that's how it was. It's such a great pick for them. Pick. He compliments Jaden and Cade so well, too. Like that, it's going to be a great trio, I think, in the future. We're not even talking about, you know, Duran, who is great and Wiseman, who maybe Wiseman figures something out. Who knows? Yeah. Like if there's anything left there and if, or if he can reach somewhat close, like, with the talent's always been there for James Wiseman. Clearly, the the Warriors didn't have a great plan for him bringing him in. They just wanted to have the asset. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's maybe there's something there left too. But I just I just like the way they're positioned right now. But I got to go with Cade. He's just so damn good. But who you got, Dunny? I actually have Jaden Ivy, and it's a couple different things. I I really like the player. Loved him a lot in college. It's also probably recency bias, just because you guys mentioned it. We haven't seen Cade in forever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, probably including myself, forget how good he was. But the thing for Ivy, it was unlike Cade, he is the traditional play style and size for his position, which Cade is It's probably a, an upgrade that Cade's big for a point guard. Yeah. But I just can see a path more clearly for success for Jaden Ivey just because how easy he makes it look when he's slotted into that two-guard position. He averaged 16 points his rookie year, and I honestly thought his shooting splits were low. I think those are numbers that are going to go way up. He only shot 41 and 34 from the field in three. I think both those will go up. A guy who averaged 16 his rookie year, and you know, people might say, well, Cade wasn't there. You know, what if that number goes down? I actually think he's a great guy to play alongside Cade. I think they'll strive together. And just to be different, I, I like Jaden Ivey. Um, we, we haven't seen Cade for a year. I think Jaden Ivey could easily, you know, take over as the best player on this team. I did want to ask you guys that that picture that surfaced of, of Cade Cunningham this summer, of him looking, looking quite large uh, dur- during the summer games – what do you guys think of that? You think bad angle, or is or do he have the James Harden James Harden treatment going? I don't know if we'll go as far as James Harden treatment. Um, well, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to say anything until we see uh, right first yeah. game, right? I mean, you, these off season, you, I honestly think his beard was just long. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, it, it's an off season too. Like, I'll 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 make that uh, determination yeah. when uh, we get to uh, you know the first game of the season, but also too, who'd I compare Kate a little bit to Luca? Luca his first couple of years had a little bit a little, a little bit out of as well. So oh, yeah. hey. Great point. I was gonna say there's uh, probably a lot more peep guys in the offseason looking looking pretty that damn dirty bad. That, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like uh yeah and all sports too. So I am not I'm not holding on Kate. I think he'll I think he'll tighten it up for the season. The beard, though, uh, I think you I should like rock that. the old man beard. Though. I yeah. Like yeah, I think that's uh, why a part of the reason he looked a lot bigger. I think he just, yeah. I just think he hadn't groomed himself. Um, <laughs> most likely to be traded for me on this squad is Isaiah Stewart, Big Beef Stew. And Stewie. it is so crazy to me that Isaiah Stewart is only 22 years old. It's much not. like much like Wiseman, both those guys are be only being twenty two. Is like I feel like Isaiah Stewart doing the whole rampage thing where he tried to get to LeBron. Like that that has already been two years removed, and I feel like he was kind of already a name before that happened. I feel like Isaiah Stewart's been around forever. He's only twenty two years old. Um, reason I think he's most likely to be traded. 
same thing as all the other guys have had in this conversation. He was a rumored guy over the offseason before the NBA draft that might get moved. They drafted, as you guys mentioned, a Sir Thompson who, you know, has a different game. Stewart definitely plays more like a big than Thompson mm-hmm. does, but there's only an inch in height difference there. They do have James Wiseman. They have Marvin Bagley, and they have Jalen Duran, who's only 19 years old and is already far better than Isaiah Stewart, and that's not a knock at Isaiah Stewart. I just think Jalen Duran is the real deal, and he's the perfect big to have on this team with Cade and Jaden Abbey who can take the scoring load themselves, and this is a guy who rebounds and plays defense better than most young bigs in the league. Uh, so all that to be said, I think Isaiah Stewart, it, it would just make sense if you move a guy like him. Yeah. Probably high capital, a lot of teams interested. Yeah, that that makes sense. I think I, I don't really have an exact answer, but I think you're in the right direction, Tony, where it's going to be one of those big men not named Jalen Durant because they just have too right. many guys. They just have too many guys down low. Um, so I think Marvin Bagley could be one we see as well. I mean, he did like Bagley, Stewart, and you know, a Wiseman have all shown a little bit of flashes for the Pistons t- towards the end of last year of like, oh, they can yeah, have their moments, strange. they can help a team. Yeah, very strange. But hey, if that's gonna work, then I think they, they can't play all four. You just can't play all four. So you gotta get rid of one. And then the other one, we haven't mentioned this guy's name at all. I think he's one of the most consistent players in the NBA, Bogdanovich, though. He just seems like the odd man out. 34 years old, maybe there's a contending team, right, that's like that's the perfect guy to add to a contending team. Um, so Bogdanovich is another name I have floating out there because if the Pistons, you know, even if they improve a little bit and it's like we're not going to win anything this year, we're just kind of building a team, what are you keeping Bogdanovich around for, right? You can get a couple assets for him. He's 34 years old, and I promise you we get to, you know – a little closer to the summer and or not to the summer to the spring and teams are going for you know that playoff push and be like we gotta build a title team bogdanovich is a name i think that would uh pop up oh now jake's muted uh-oh, the, uh-oh. the mute monster's oh, getting man. all of us oh man third oh. time's the charm no <laughs> so, some good no, podcast you are, today good job steve uh, let's get let's get let's give Steve his credit for staying unmuted and talking at the right times today. Um, I got I got like I think Bagley could be the odd man out here again too. I feel like I like Stewart, and so I think it could be either or or Bogdanovich. One of these guys is going to be out, but Bagley or Wiseman still has the name, so they might just be able to get just a little more for it. But it could be like Joe Harris is a guy that someone in the league will pick, will send some picks for things like that. I kind of like this team to just just kind of chill and just see where it goes for a little bit. Cause I feel like they can be a, we get into best case scenario too. I feel like they could be a sneaky, we got them all over. I feel like they're going to be in the play in and they're going to be wow. battling for a playoff spot. I think they could be a 10 or a nine seed and, and really, I don't know if they'll make the playoffs and if they made the playoffs, I think they'd get swept out by the Celtics or the bucks or anybody else that they would face in the first round. But I think that they, you know, if, if Ivy makes a jump, if Cade comes back and he looks like we think he's going to look, if Thompson, if I think both Thompson twins are going to show up looking pretty NBA ready and, and affecting the game. So I just feel like this team's floor just got raised so much from last year. And I don't know. We'll see about the rest. That's the absolute best case scenario, though. We're not going to go too crazy with this team. Like, there, what was that? You said it was 28 and a half. Done 28 and the the half. total, right? Yeah, that's what we were at. Yeah, like they could win like 32 games. That's still going to be a really bad – that's a, still a 50-loss team, you know. Like yeah. it's not – we're, we're talking about 
you know, not crazy ceilings, but I think 20, I don't think they're a 20 win, a 20 win team. I think they're a 30 win team. This team could be like the Pacers last year, right? Where you see mm-hmm. things right. you like, and there's a lot of excitement, but your expectations, you know, are limited. You're like, all right, well, like we, we understand that we're still a few years away, but we can see potential with this team. That's kind of where I see the Pistons. Yeah. That's uh beautifully put by the both of you. I think, this over and the Pacers over were definitely the two easiest for me. And it's crazy that the a, a team with a 28 and a half win total for the line could easily be a playoff play-in team. None of us would be surprised. Or not easily playoff, yeah. but easily could be in the play-in conversation. And none of us would be surprised. So I think we're gonna- I think this is the division we're all gonna whatever happens with the Bucks, we're because I'm different than you two. I still might yeah. bet on that under by the time the season starts. I feel like we're this is the one we're gonna nail because the Cavs and Bulls Seems are way, way too hyped up right now, and I can tell you they should not be at least from my estimation being close. And I feel like these two teams aren't talked about enough, and they feel like there's more talent than people want to give them. And because of those two things happening at the same time, these over these totals ended up where they were, and we're just gonna fade both those things and see what happens. Yeah, it's uh, th- this this division definitely had the most clarity as far as just looking at the totals, looking at the rosters, and being like, okay, yeah, I can, I can make a decision here. So yeah, I, th- I think you're right on the money there, Jake. And that is going to do it for the Central Division. And unless you guys have anything else, that'll do it for the episode as well. You guys yes, all sir. good on next the Central week. Division? Next week, you guys ready? Let's hit us with it. We're going to Cali, baby. It's the Pacific Division. Oh, we're talking oh, Phoenix. We're talking Lakers. Oh, we're talking Clippers. Oh, we're talking Jake gets to talk LeBron. We're talking Warriors. <laughs> well, we gotta finish with yo. We gotta finish with the champs, so that they gotta go yeah. last. So yeah, next, yeah, all right. We still have I the. Love that. We still have the Southeast, and we too. still have the Southeast too. Yeah, we, still we got have the, the Southeast. Which hopefully okay. a game trade happens within the next two weeks. Yeah, oh, we're just holding out to do the Southeast <laughs> yeah, crew. Exactly. That. <laughs> we might have to push oh, back another week. <laughs> that'd be so perfect. Man. But that's but also because Dame, you know, we got Northwest too, so we could get just yeah. trade him right before that heat, that there heat, that Southeast preview. And we got two weeks of Dame talk right there. It's perfect. Yeah, so you you heard it, guys. Pacific <laughs> division next week. A lot of fun teams there. Today was the Central Division for Steve, for Jake, for myself. Go follow at Happy Hour Hoops One on all socials. Follow Train Rec Sports. Keep up with all of our NFL content that's going on right now. And then, of course, we are 35 days, if you're listening live, away from the NBA season. And we're that much closer, baby. Hoops soon. Later, guys. Also, did you guys see that Max – is going to be streaming all of the TNT games now this year. If you have Max, Ooh. all NBA content, Ooh. all March Madness, and all NHL games will stream free on Max. So wow. just that was the one news and note I forgot to mention. So anybody That's who has cool. Max or you want to get Max, you cutting cords, whatever, it's 12 bucks or something right now. All NBA TNT. And the thing I'm most excited about is live uploads in the morning after inside the NBA. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. Just go watch inside in the morning. That'll be I'll wake up and oh, I'll just yeah. throw inside on Max and that'll be my morning show every day. That's true. Morning. That's nice. The YouTube clips are great, but they Joe. it's 
you, the whole show, it, it, it doesn't do it justice. Oh, so. yeah. You got to take it all, man. Yeah. All, all right, right. Well, you heard it. Later, guys. Come on.